Welcome to your Life Paths Astrology reading. I can't wait to dig into your chart just for the audience to get to know you. Why don't you give us a line about what you do in the world and what you hope to get from the reading? Well, what I do in the world is I use my um, career path as a journalist and a writer and an editor, hopefully in the service of others most of the time. And uh, what I hope to get out of the reading is guidance and direction for the next step forward. And what does that next step forward mean for you? Well, um, I made a move to Philadelphia two years ago. I don't really like the city. I do like my job, but, you know, kind of the silver lining of the pandemic is it's given me the opportunity to think about uh, how I can geographically position myself uh, to be a little more in my life rather than just in my job. Okay. So that's, that's where I'm at. So, so clarity on what else comes in to your life rather than just being at work. Um, and one thing that comes up for me is I love that that's what we get to talk about here <clears throat> because the Life Path Astrology session is about your higher calling, what your soul came here to do beyond all of the three-dimensional paths we take, we've taken up until now. So why don't we get started? Okay, I'm ready. So the first placement we I always talk about is the sun because the sun is how we see ourselves. And you know that you have your sun in Virgo. Juicy, grounded, earthy, supportive Virgo. So you see yourself as grounded, as probably serious, um, eye for detail, um, you know, very connected to, you know, when, when we think about an archetype, for Virgo, people often pigeonhole her as like, you know, folders and highlighters and everything in place, but she's also, um, she's a leader, but she is kind of like the back end leader. She is the kind of person who wants to be in charge, but she doesn't want to be the front of the house kind of leader. So she's like the executive producer. She is very she she sees she's so good at details she sees what needs to get done and she knows how to execute it and one of the biggest things for virgo is she wants to be useful and so that's some and the interesting thing is you also have her uh -oh. can you hear me you also froze up oh can you hear can me you now me? yes i can can you hear me no. All right. So we got paused up a little bit there, but the other thing is you've got all this Virgo energy in the 11th house. So your son is you, it's how you see yourself. And you've got all this executive producer being of service, being useful, um, attention for detail energy in the 11th house, which is Aquarius energy and 11th house is you know, one of the ways I look at it is this is where you can let your freak flag fly. This is where you get to be unique. This is Aquarius energy. Aquarius is visionary. She, you know, she had a high school um, TV show archetype. She'd be the punk rock girl with a nose ring um, and the pink hair. And so there's a sense of even though you've got this Virgo executive producer kind of like, don't look at me, but I want to be in charge energy. You also have this like, I don't do what other people tell me what to do like it's interesting because virgo is the rule maker and aquarius is the rule breaker and and that is you you are very comfortable at you know creating 
being of service, but doing it in a way that stands out. You are not afraid to stand out and do it your own way. Okay. Does that resonate? Well, very much so, because I, I always say I'm a very good second lieutenant, and my human design is manifester generator. Mm-hmm. So I am very much behind the scenes, but of course, always in charge. Got it. Okay. So that's you. And now here's the um, life path astrology angle to the sun is it's your secret sauce. It's what you place and what you sprinkle into everything you do that makes the work you do yours, uniquely yours, right? Mm-hmm. And now when we combine this with your rising sign, now the rising is how people see you. So you see yourself as Virgo, like the second in command, this like, you know, bold grounded leadership type, but your rising sign is actually in Libra and Libra is, um, she is the only sign in the entire Zodiac that is not represented by an animal or a human. It's the scales. So she's always trying to balance things out. She is trying to, even though she's not necessarily balanced, she's always striving for equilibrium. She's striving for harmony. She's striving for things to be equitable. And so even though you see yourself as this like rule maker and breaker at the same time, this, this, this person of use, people see you as a harmonizer. People see you as a diplomat. People see you as someone who um, brings beauty into the work that you do. People see you as the person who can see both sides of the story. Mm, interesting. What comes up for you? That's not, yeah, well, that's not how I see myself. That's interesting. Well, and that's, that's great because that's the point of the rising. Unless your sun and your rising were in the same place and then you said that, we'd have some problems. But it's often really interesting insight when we actually realize that what we see in ourselves is not necessarily how people see us and being able to step into that power. Right. And that is interesting to me because that often is the surprising kind of feedback that I get is, you know, you see all sides to the story. Of course, having been a journalist, that's very important. So, um, you know, when, when people tell me I'm very good at, um, you know, if the, the, cause everything I do is a team based project. So I'm very good at, you know, uh-huh. guiding the team and creating great esprit de corps. And I think, are you kidding me? <laughs> but that's, you know, that is feedback that I do get. And that's amazing because that's also another part of your, the, the way people see you collaboration, like, Libra is a collaborator. She's all about collaborating, people working together, people coming together, people being working in harmony, people being in partnerships, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the juicy part of the rising sign. The rising sign is also your soul's purpose. It is the problem you're here to solve. So the problem you're here to solve could be a number of things, which is bringing beauty Mm -hmm. into the world, Um, uh, bringing harmony into the world, bringing that diplomacy into the work and the world that you live in and the work that you do. It could Mm -hmm. be in collaboration, but it's, it's not you doing this for yourself, but it's the problem you're here to solve for others as well. You're here to teach people diplomacy, collaboration, partnership, Mm -hmm. 
beauty, balance. Hmm. Very different than the Virgo kind of standard line. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a lot. You've got like a, a Virgo super stellium. You've got, actually, you've got three placements in Virgo. And you've got three mm -hmm. placements in Libra. Is it three placements? Yeah, you've got three placements in Libra. So you actually have, you actually have three stelliums. You have a Virgo stellium, a Libra stellium, and a Leo stellium. Hello. Those are areas of your chart okay. where there's Virgo a lot again. of... Mm -hmm. Let me know if you can hear me now. Yeah, I can. Okay, great. So you've got the stellium is when you have three or more placements in one particular sign. And so this is like, these are areas of your chart where you kind of in this lifetime are kind of made to work on and really lean into and work with the energies um, of the planets in those signs. So there's, there's going to be major themes of Libra, Virgo, and Leo. So on days that you read Virgo score, um, horoscopes and you're like, that doesn't really feel like me today, check out Leo or Libra because you might find insights there. Hmm. Okay. So like I was saying, Libra is your rising. It's the problem you're here to solve. Now in the moments that your soul is like, I don't feel like I'm moving in the right direction. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like where things feel stuck or not in alignment, we get to nourish, take care of the moon. And you have your moon in cancer. Hello, amplified emotional energy. Moon is the natural ruler of cancer and cancer is mm -hmm. a water sign. Water signs are usually our emotional states. So, and the moon typically in the third dimensional astrology represents our emotions. So you probably feel things very deeply. You like to cry or you feel comfortable crying when it's your mm -hmm. turn. Um, but the thing about the moon is she's also, she's a goddess. She supports us. She takes cares of us. And just like that cancer mother, right? And so mm -hmm. what, what the moon represents in the life path astrology is what helps you move forward in the moments you feel stuck, in the moments that you feel like you're not moving in the right direction. And so when I see the moon in cancer, what this means, you know, it's interesting. You have the, the so cancer represents the mother. It represents nurturing. It represents intuition. It also represents community. And, mm -hmm. and it's really interesting because what the moon, so the moon goes, all right, if you guys want to bring harmony, beauty, diplomacy, all this juicy Libra energy, and to sprinkle it with that Virgo sun, then you have to take care of the moon. And the moon's going to say, I want community. Where's, where are my people? Oh, yes. Lifelong journey. Where's my tribe? Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a sense of you get to not only search it, you get to build it. She's a community builder. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm hearing is you've realized that community is a big part of what's missing in your formula, mm -hmm. but you've been looking for it when it's been your job to create it. Oh, that's really interesting. God more work to do. <laughs> Jeez, think about that though. Cause cancer wouldn't, so cancer is a mother figure. Mother figure wouldn't be the mom if she didn't create her babies. Right. Right. She gets to bring in her babies to her rather than huh. her being plugged into where she's going. Right. Wow. 
So hopefully that supports you because that sounds like there's a missing element in, in motivating you in your current mm -hmm. direction and think about how in the next steps, you know, the moon isn't going to determine your soul's work, but without that, you're not going to feel supported. She's kind of like got your back. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Now, then we have Mercury. Everyone knows all the internet memes about Mercury retrograde and, and the communication and, and the travel and all that. But Mercury is even more sensitive than the moon because Mercury represents in the third dimension our intellect. But in the bigger scheme of things, Mercury is how we, um, uh, how we assimilate new ideas. It is the integration of body, mind, and spirit. And when we learn to manage and master Mercury, we actually begin to work out of intellect and into higher consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so you have Mercury in Libra in the 12th house, the house of intuition, the house of spirituality. And so what that means is, um, what comes up, up again? Me? What was that? No, you're good. We, you're breaking up a little bit. Gotcha. So you have Mercury in Libra. And when we're, when we're wanting, so when we are not fully aligning with the energy of Mercury, we're working out of our intellect, but not of our higher consciousness. And when we're not working out of higher consciousness, we feel separate. It is what makes us feel separate. And so what, what does Mercury and Libra, how does that make us feel separate? Well, Libra's separation is indecision. She can't make up her mind. Oh, well, one, because she's balancing everything out, right? So she's like, well, this looks good. And then like mm -hmm. a few days later, a few moments later, like, well, well wait, this mm -hmm. is toppling and this looks good. And now, so, so, you know, that indecision, also people pleasing, keeps Libra, the Mercury in Libra, from tapping into her higher consciousness and making the bold choices that she needs. To be the the great uh -oh. compromiser. To broke be, that. Where did you lose me? Uh, the indecision and the the balance of the the compromising. Right, and so when you when you step out of the people pleasing, when Mercury steps out of people pleasing yeah. and indecision, she begins to be the compromiser, not the people pleaser. There's a fine line between saying, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do so that we can work together than saying, Hey, this is how we both mm -hmm. work together. Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. how harmonizing rather than people pleasing. And also indecision comes from not knowing how to not people please. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. She's going to get mad or I don't know how that's going to work. Or I don't know how uh, not, not to make these people yeah. upset at me. This is so accurate. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> it's okay. And this is why I love astrology because you get to lend yourself self-compassion now that you know. And so now you get to say, I get to compromise. I don't have to people please. Right. Okay. Well, people pleasing has been a safe option. Mm. Mm. That's what Libra does. Libra loves comfort. Libra mm -hmm. is a tarot is the empress. She wants oh. to be sitting pretty in her, in her comfy um, space, you know, being fed bonbons mm -hmm. and fanned, right? She doesn't want to work hard. And so, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but mm. she but she's so gifted she doesn't she doesn't have to work hard libra can actually work without working hard and not have to worry about things because it, it things work in her favor because mm -hmm. she's a compromiser people love her people want to help her out mm -hmm. you know that's one of the things that comes up for me when you're in your higher consciousness with mercury instead of people pleasing you use that libra charm and you get people to see what you see so that they can support you in the work you're here to do right you get to use mm -hmm. a libra charm rather than libra indecision to not people please all right okay beautiful so then we talk a little bit about the north node the north node and the south node have become my favorite favorite things to talk about and it is mm -hmm. so funny because I do personally know you and it is so juicy to really see this and see how this lands with you. So, okay. All right, here we go. So your North node is in Sagittarius in the third house, which is so interesting because the third house is Gemini energy and your South node is in Gemini. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the South node. The South node is your gift, your gift. It's your jam. It's what you were born. Like your computer, the computer of you came in with this programming and there's no, like, even if they were to res restore factory settings, this is still in the factory settings. Okay. And it is Gemini. Gemini is the intellect of the Zodiac. She loves gathering information. She always knows the article to share. She is the journalist. When I think about Gemini, I think about the person going, okay, give me all the details. Tell me the who, what, when, where, how, why. Spill the tea. Let me know. Oh, and she's also the communicator. She is a masterful writer, a masterful communicator. I was, I was so shocked when I read about the North-South Node for the first time. And I thought, I never knew where my writing skills came from. I never knew how I was so successful in journalism. And then I read that and I thought, geez, that's so accurate. Yeah. Incredible. Now that's your gift. And here's the thing, your soul's brilliance lies in you using that gift along with the rising, your, the work you're here to do. That's like where you really will begin to shine when you use communication to bring harmony, to bring beauty, to bring diplomacy. Mm -hmm. okay. Think about think about all your time in the in the media, and working for um, communications. It's exactly what you've done. This is where you know you shine. Mm -hmm. Now, the work you're here to do in order for you to accomplish your soul's mission, you need to begin to lean into the north node so the north node is going to be difficult challenging for you but as you grow into that role the more powerful you'll be in completing this mission of mm -hmm. the the rising sign in libra and sagittarius so first of all you have the rising sign first in sagittarius so gemini's air it is in the mind, it is intellect, and it could go where the wind blows it, right? But Sagittarius mm -hmm. is fire, it is energy. Um, it is in, it has two major themes when I think about it. The first one is multicultural, multi-language, travel, all of that, like cultural, foreign ideas, foreign lands kind of work. 
But the mm -hmm. second, Sagittarius is the philosopher, the teacher. So when you think about Gemini, Gemini has spent a lifetime accumulating, and she loves to accumulate information. She loves to gather the information. But by the time she gets to Sagittarius, she's taken all that information, made her own theories, and she's out in the world sharing that. Mm -hmm. And you have it in the third house, which is that communication, the house of communication. So there's a sense of you've got a deep wisdom. You've got a wisdom that you're here to tell. There's a story of wisdom, of knowledge, of teachings, you're here to communicate and share with the world. And mm -hmm. that's what you, that when you step into that role of the teacher, of the philosopher who's communicating these philosophies, this wisdom and these teachings, that's when you'll really bring a new level of beauty, harmony, compromise in the world. interesting yeah but i would do it in the position of the executive producer right right because the sun is how you're sprinkling that on interesting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you see where this is going you help people write their books i do hmm. it's perfect well actually it's interesting because if you want to actually, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Let's, let's look at this. So in the life path astrology methodology, the second house is where we find the gifts or the products that the services you're here to um, give to your ideal client and your ideal client, uh, the so part in the services is in the second house, which has a bit of Scorpio and a bit of Sagittarius. And when we look at Scorpio, Scorpio is um, in the tarot, it's the death card or the tower card. It is death, it is transitions, it is chapters ending and chapters beginning. Um, mm -hmm. It's very, it's the occult, it's like the taboo, it's what we don't talk about. It could be esoteric, but it could also be like death and sexuality, things that people are not comfortable with talking mm -hmm. about. Um, so like, for example, I wouldn't be surprised if you work with a bunch of people who are card readers and, you know, mystics and things like that with a hint of Sagittarius, the teacher. So these are, these are not just like your run of the mill card pullers, right? These are people with deep knowledge, deep wisdom, deep experience. They've gotten the degrees. They really want to share the world with the world, or actually you're here to share with them pardon because this is the product you're here to sell it's this this wisdom mm -hmm. of the the taboo that you're able to gift to them in mm -hmm. in in the in in bringing beauty and balance which is so interesting because you think of libra and it's very light and fluffy and you know the empress but what you're giving the empress archetype is you're giving her wisdom and and blind spots and shadow work and you're gifting her that because it almost comes up to me as you're balancing her out because without this 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 research because also um scorpio is a researcher she loves to go down rabbit holes she knows everything about everything when she gets mm -hmm. into a subject she, there's nothing that she doesn't know about that subject mm -hmm. 
And so there's a sense of you, you're giving her depth. You're mm -hmm. bringing to, because here's the other thing too, your ideal client is a, in the 12th house. She's a mix of that Libra and Virgo because in the 12th house you have Libra and Virgo. So she's going to be that empress. She likes to look good. She likes to feel good. She likes to feel effortless, but she also likes to be of service. She likes to be useful. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. you're going to bring her that depth and that wisdom mm -hmm. to carry forth that harmony and that, um, that, that, that balance, that diplomacy that she's bringing into the world. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So let's see what else. Um, Hmm. Interesting. So, you know, I, I know that you're also comfortable in the executive producer world with that Virgo stellium and that Virgo sun, but it's also really important to note that you have Jupiter in the 10th house. You also have Uranus in the 10th house in both mm -hmm. in Leo and Leo is the performer. Leo is actually the front end manager. Leo is the one who's in the front of the house with the mic and be like, Hey guys, I'm here. Uh -huh. And so sense of like, you are lucky. You get, excuse me, strokes of opportunity with that Jupiter and Leo in the 10th house when you speak mm -hmm. for work, when you are the front person of your work and you're like, hey guys, um, this is my job and I'm really good at it and I'm going to show you how. Yes, yeah. I relate to yeah. And then on top of that, you have Uranus there. Uranus is Aquarius energy. It's the national, nas natural ruler of Aquarius. So there's also a sense of like, you get to be weird. You get to be unique. You get to stand out. You get to stand out uh -huh. in your, in the way you stand out in your leadership in the workplace because 10th house is ambition, personal brand, reputation, career, work. So there's, a, there, I would say there's a strong sense of like your work is not meant to be like so I hate to use this word, but I know you and the word pedestrian comes up for me. You get to be, you get to have flair. You get to have really interesting experiences and stuff. Yeah. And you get to do it your way. Because Aquarius yeah. energy, your energy is all about having big vision and seeing outside of the little boxes that everyone puts themselves into. Right. And so that's all I got right now. So tell me what comes up for you as you process all of this. Have you had an aha moment? Has this been of service? Well, the interesting thing to me is that I'm not just stuck with Virgo. No. And that's eye-opening. And all of the attributes. I okay. attributes. But what I've learned is that I'm not stuck in this Virgo box. Mm. And all the attributes that I bring to my work over many decades now as a creative person and a communicator and a media person are validated by hearing you say, it's all you. I'm not just four lines in the New York Post horoscope under Virgo every day. Exactly, exactly. So that's been very interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad we got to share this with you and I hope you get to learn how to step into that. You know, I think for me, the big step out of just being the executive producer 
you get to learn to step into more of that Leo Jupiter. You get to, you get to have strokes of luck. I'm hearing, well, here's what I'm hearing. You, you felt a little stuck. And so you get to nourish the moon. You get to build your community. You get to express yourself in your work and you get to really lean into um, being more of the implementation of your knowledge than just the collector of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it. I do. Thank you. My Very pleasure. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you. Sorry I was laying down. I hope it was a recorded laying down, but that's okay. <laughs>